0: Sunday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana.
1: And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen.
0: And if you like this show, this is a great time to give us that five-star review.
1: And as always, we talk judging in MMA, so head on over to abcboxing.com and read the scoring criteria.
0: You know, it is worth pointing out, you know, obviously we plug the scoring criteria every episode, but it's worth pointing out uh, a conversation we were having uh, with, with Dan Tom. Uh, Correct, yeah. Earlier this week, yeah, we were trying, and he asked a good question. It was where he could find the the most up-to-date version of the scoring criteria, more or less. And it is not easy to locate. Not, no, not, not. at all. The, the one that we reference at ABC Boxing is the the one that they passed in 2016, which is largely the same document now, but they've made mild changes over time, if I understand correctly. Um, and that's not easy to find. I am going to uh, make a point to reach out to ABC uh, President Mike Mazula, see if maybe they can get on, uh, maybe fixing that, making making that a little more available to everybody, so that when we tell everybody, hey, go read the criteria, they're at least reading the most up to date version of that criteria. Yeah.
1: Maybe we when we get that, maybe we include a link in our in our episode descriptions. We could. Or put on our on our link tree. That would probably be smart of us to do that.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. I didn't. I don't know anything. That's that's your department, actually, sir. Okay, I just thought of it. it?
1: That's a good idea.
0: Yeah, Yeah, sometimes you have those. Um, but, sir, more importantly, I don't know if this is more importantly, but this is our two hundredth episode. Two hundred (laughs) episodes. Had to give it. Uh, yeah, I think I think it. it deserves it. I think it deserves the it's, the, the couchside override horn. You
1: know what's funny about two hundred episodes is uh, I came across a a Reddit post, someone asking, "Oh, how do you make money podcasting?" And someone said, "Well, the episode the the, the shows that actually do make decent money all have at least two hundred episodes." Yeah. So we're in some company there.
0: That's true. We, do, we we do make decent money. Yeah,
1: we we don't make any money. Oh no, yeah. I make
0: I make a lot of money, but it's 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 from my New York Post job. Oh okay. And you make make a lot of money working for the police. <laughs> no. Well, no. I don't like. Okay, when I say a lot, <laughs> I don't mean that for either of us, but I mean yeah. you know it's, it's money, it's the money that allows us to do the things we want to do. Uh, but yeah, two hundred episodes, sir. Uh, congratulations to you. Congratulations you as to well. us. Uh, I I think it's uh, congrats to the listeners. Yeah. Hey, especially the ones who've been with us for a very long time. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Uh, We, we, you know, obviously something like this starts very small. It's very niche. Um, We didn't have a very large following in the early days of the show. Uh, We do have a larger following now and we are so grateful for those who listen who spread the word who have told us that they enjoy the show that they appreciate what we do uh that they find us to be an interesting program um uh, we've gotten some shout outs from media colleagues and respect from you know officials regulators so many different people and and it it means a lot uh really your 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 kind words your listenership it, it all means a lot so thank you very much, uh dear listener. Absolutely. Thank you. Well said, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you know what? Let's move into the real stuff here because as Jay Petrie of Sherdog <laughs> pointed out, how appropriate is it that we made it to 200 episodes and for the 200th episode, there are no decisions in the UFC to talk about. No no actual decision. It's amazing. It's, it's all I've been asking for <laughs> since we started this show. And, and Dan, why don't you... <laughs> Tell everybody how you set up the outline today. I set up the
1: uh, I wish I took a screenshot of it, because I would have posted it. Uh, I sent Scott the outline at noon, and I, it was just our t- typical starters. And under contested rounds, I said, no contested rounds. We finally did it. And then under finishes, I put, at, at this time, there was still 11 fights on the card. I put 11 finishes all first round. We got 10 fights, all
0: 10 finishes.
1: I'm pretty much not Shadamas, so.
0: Yeah, And or, again, Jay called you a dance I believe. Yes, I'll take that as well. No, that is—it's uh, <laughs> funny. I mean, who would have thought? Right, ten for ten—that <laughs> it lines up with this particular episode of the show. That is, you very know, funny. what's
1: crazy though. Um, Aaron Bronstetter pointed out this has really nothing to do with anything. But a ten-dollar parlay only paid thirty-eight hundred bucks for all fights to end before the scorecards, which seems low to me.
0: How much? How much money does it pay out? What did you say? Ten dollars. Ten dollars pay, pays, pays out thirty-eight
1: hundred. Okay, it seems low. I guess. Well, yeah, it is low. I don't know. That's, anyway, neither here nor there. So I, I was kind of getting at maybe that there was some mismatches here.
0: And well, I, yeah, so. I mean that you know what that is a fair point. You know, I I think a lot of people looked at and the, the odds I, I did get to see on the uh, the Terence McKinney versus Eric Gonzalez fight that was quite a terrible mismatch. I I honestly hope Eric Silva or Eric I keep saying wanting to say Gonzalez, Eric Silva yeah. Eric Gonzalez gets one more shot the Ghost Pepper, because he's had some really tough matches. It was Jim Miller was his debut, right? Jim, yeah. Yeah, and then he goes against uh, Terrence McKinney here, who I think is is kind of shooting his way to the moon. Uh, I, I have very high expectations mm. out of this kid. So to to be matched up with those two guys, it just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like we've given this kid a fair shake in the UFC, so I hope he gets that third shot even at 0-2. Um, but let's talk about some of the bigger stuff on this one, right? Oh, yeah obviously the finishes were a lot of fun. We'll we'll pick our favorites at the end uh, as we always do, but let's start with the main event, the fight that I think most people a lot of people were really down on this card. And Honestly, I thought it was unfairly so. People were down on this card. I didn't yeah. like that because honestly, I, I mean, look, it's top heavy. It absolutely was top heavy coming in. You know, Jamal Hill against Tiago Santos and uh, Vicente Luque against Jeff Neal. I think those two people agreed were actually going to be pretty interesting fights. It was beyond that. Everyone was kind of like, gee, I don't well, know. Well, that's because right.
1: probably no one watched Tough. If you watched Tough, you had some investment in the other two, uh, the two finales. But and nobody
0: watches Tough except you. Right.
1: Well, other people did. And then Terrence McKinney did make it to the main card through a couple fallouts, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Probably should have been there regardless. He should have been. And then you, they Although, always, you they, know, it was, and then it they was always, like a set of squash matches. <laughs> they always throw a slog fest of a heavyweight fight on the main card. That they do. So it was. It really wasn't as bad as there was a lot of interesting things. I thought. I didn't think it was that. Song. I just
0: didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was super yeah. great. I, I thought after those first two fights, it was like okay, it's, nah, it's yeah, like, whatever. Yeah. But. I mean, it felt
1: like UFC on Fuel TV, a little bit.
0: I I guess. Yeah. Uh, all right. Sure. Or, or a
1: Wednesday night FX card. Years ago, that's what kind of had a little bit of
0: vibes too. I don't know. I I just I didn't think it was that, but we've we've been presented a lot worse. I think on oh, yeah. paper, um, you know, fight nights I- this particular year, even I think we've been spoiled lately. It's actually been a lot better. They've raised the quality because they've been traveling, and, and and a lot of the ones that when they've been traveling, they have been better, um, because they're trying to sell tickets, and it's a little different, right? Um, no, I I thought. I thought honestly this was a decent car, and and I think I actually had some pretty high expectations out of the main event. I thought it was going to be like a very fascinating, action packed fight for however long it lasted. I thought it was going to be over probably a little earlier. It ended up obviously going into the fourth round, um, and it took a little while to kind of get going. Round one was a little tepid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they round two, I think things changed. It definitely became like a, a a solid fight. I don't know that it ever became you know a real barn burner necessarily, but it was. I think people were into this fight. I think we enjoyed it on the whole.
1: Yeah, it was it was, a, it was a fun fight. I think I expected it to be a little cleaner uh than it was. Well, but... yeah,
0: Santos obviously he started running out of gas.
1: Yeah, he was he got quite tired. He's very appeared.
0: muscular, so... I think is part of the problem with with him. And then Jamal Hill like he he seemed really tired. I think he just he hadn't really been pushed in a fight like that.
1: I I was he hurt his arm again in the first round. Mm-hmm. It was what he was telling uh in the post fight. Was that okay I missed so... that So I, I don't know how much that plays a factor.
0: Sure. But. but no, I mean, now now that Jamal Hill has this win here, and this is a big win for him, it's over a name, you know, someone who's actually fought for the title. Um,
1: and it's a finish.
0: And it's a finish to Thiago Santos. Man, Maheita is, is a tough guy. I mean, he I don't know that he necessarily had Jamal Hill, like, in real trouble at any point, but there was... There was ill intentions on a lot of those strikes that just heavy, didn't heavy connect. shots landed. They just didn't connect. Well, in, and if they did, who knows? The
1: round he got finished in fourth in the mm-hmm. fourth. Some of those shots were pretty pretty heavy. Oh yeah. And he puts his so, whole
0: body into it and everything. Granted, you know, you could probably he's probably telegraphing it a bit, so it's were they gonna land? No, they they probably really weren't. But nonetheless, the danger is there. But we we know Jamal Hill hits hard he he can weather the storm so to speak Cause again i don't think the storm was crazy but it was it was a tougher fight i think i think there was a good respect i think from hill too because i i actually kind of expected uh jamal hill to kind of walk him down a bit santos i i just thought he was gonna have no respect because he's so confident but no he, he definitely felt it out a lot more early and was like okay let's see how this goes and there was there was there was clear respect for what santos brings to the table
1: yeah, there was he landed some good leg kicks early too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. changed things. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah, and he wrestled a lot.
0: Yeah. So yeah, he was, was mixing in those takedowns, which we don't really see from him too often. You know, gave him some different looks, right? Um. Yeah i I thought this was a solid fight, but the question I have for you, sir, is how close does this now get Jamal Hill to a title fight?
1: To him Jan. Do him and Yan? Do him and Yan? Uh, title eliminator. And that, that's where it is. Yeah, Yep. Because I, I want to see Glover and Yuri go again. So.
0: so, but but think let's let's think this out, right? And he, cause, just because we have to think it out, right? What do you do with Magomed and Kalaev? I don't know. He's hard to just yeah. ignore, you can't right? You can't ignore, you can't ignore him. him. I feel like probably a, a good way to do it is to actually have Ankalaev and Jamal Hill. I'll do that fight. I think that one makes a lot of sense. Um, does Racket Racket is still out of play because he's yeah, hurt? Yeah. Oh, that's right. right, he's hurt. He's injured. so he's yeah, that's so. the real problem there. That's that's what complicates everything. Because otherwise, you could say, oh, maybe maybe even Jamal Hill against Rackage could even make some sense. Mm-hmm. But you can't really do that one right now. So, um, somebody's going to be kind of waiting around. Obviously, I mean, everyone's kind of on hold while. We figure out first off. There's not even an actual fight announced, but I think everybody is assuming that it's what Yuri has been saying that he would like to fight Glover Teixeira in a rematch, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, they they have they have a headliner now for the Garden. Uh, it's out of Sanya against Alex Bejeda. Are you? Would you pay money to go see that one in live? Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, you're going. I'm going
1: to that one. Oh well, money. Uh, depending. Right,
0: right, but yeah, I get you. Um. Yeah, that's that's obviously a good fight. I, I think probably that would be what I would like to see. But, but the point being, I think Jamal Hill, realistically, because he, he produces interesting fights too, I think that helps his case in getting a little closer. It just does. That's, that's the way the UFC does things, whether it's fair or not. It's just the reality. And if he goes out there and he wins another interesting fight, he could easily leapfrog somebody depending on who he beats, you know?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: I don't know where he is in terms of readiness for that title fight. I don't. Um, because yeah, this, this obviously, this was a tough fight. This is his first one that was really tough against a really tough opponent. So I would like to see how he grows from this one, but I, you know, I, I've, I think i probably said this on probably for 200 episodes thereabouts that I've been saying, I think Jamal Hill is on a championship track.
1: Well, he's there. He's got to be top five. Now, Anthony Smith's going to get bumped out of there. You would think. You
0: would think it could, but money, uh, the, the the UFC ranking so. panel is nothing to th- write home about, so let's let's not put a whole lot of stake in them actually getting anything correct, realistically. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, I'll tell you what rankings I like, um, media-driven rankings I like, is the ones that they do at MMA Fighting. Okay. They do good ones. I, I actually really like their, their panel there.
1: I didn't even know they had one, so.
0: Yeah, they started it earlier this year. I think they do it monthly. Okay. Um but they do yeah, I, I think they do a nice job. You should check those out. But that as as far as that goes, I mean, obviously Tiago Santos, we're not going to see him in the title picture anymore. I think probably those days are done. He's now lost f- 5 out of 6.
1: Yeah, he's It's it's, it's yeah. a tough.
0: You know, he said the other day and when I talked to him that he definitely wants to fight um maximum of four more years. He doesn't want to fight longer than that. Like he doesn't want to be in his mid 40s kind of fighting. Gotcha. So, you know, it's really probably up to him as long. But he's been fighting. Like, everybody he's losing to is realistically people that I think we all consider to be top five-ish talent, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, he had uh, Glover. He lost to and He rocked Glover, which tends to happen to Glover often. And then Glover comes back and wins. If if he Uh... was to have won this fight over Jamal Hill, literally any other fight that would make sense for him would be a rematch with guys Mm -hmm. ahead of him in the rankings. He's fought everyone else in the rankings except for the champion. And he beat a couple of them. He beat Blahovic. He beat Anthony Smith. Yeah. So, no, but I, I I would like to see how he does in, let's say, maybe a step down in competition. I think that's just, that's what's appropriate for him at this stage. I don't think he can hang with that group anymore, typically. So, I, I feel like he can still produce some fun fights, just match him up well. Don't don't put him in there with with guys that are not gonna you know they're gonna kind of plod and that kind of thing. I think we saw some kind of boring matchups the last few fights with him because you know there was like you know SBG's Johnny Walker was very boring, um, Rakic and Ankalaev. They don't always produce the most interesting of fights. Put him in there with someone who's gonna engage. That's that's I oh, think Krilov you really want. maybe. Yeah, Krilov would be fun. I yeah. think that'd be an interesting fight. Sure. Although we've also seen some like that come from him too. So um, Paul Craig. Paul Craig, always always <laughs> always put the skull in there, I laddie. <laughs> um Luke, K., he lost in the co-headliner. Jeff Neal looked really good. Jeff Neal looked the best he's ever looked. Yeah, I think he's looks like he's finally ready to take another step Man, in his yeah. own. but also by by the same token, Vicente Luke, I mean, he didn't look right.
1: I think I think his chin is starting to fail him a little bit. It does look like that. He's so... been in a
0: lot of wars. Um I think they said something on the broadcast that he has been favored in every fight in the UFC, which is, UFC which is which is absolutely a ludicrous stat. Like mm. even early in his career, like that's wild because he didn't have like a super impressive record when he got to the UFC either. Now the thing is, he always took super tough fights though. It's, yeah. He he probably had one of the toughest roads. And yet he was still favored in all these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, he's, he had a hard road. Unfortunately, he didn't get quite to the top. I think he's one of those guys that you're not going to think of him the same way you do Tony Ferguson in terms of, like, guys who just didn't get a title shot. But he's—honestly, I think he reasonably deserves to be in a similar boat. He had a really excellent record and an excellent run. He just didn't quite get to the title shot. Um, but I is he done as a contender? I think, you know— yeah, gotta I think would so. Say him, so. Him, 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 and uh, Tiago Santos. It feels like that's kind of like similar. the the yeah. The sun is not; it's not set on their careers, but it's getting a little low, mm. getting a little low in the sky. You know what I mean? Which is unfortunate, um, because he he has produced some amazing fights. I I think he still can, but yeah, I think you almost have to do kind of the thing which everyone should have done with um, Carlos Condit, which was knock him down a little earlier and just put him in some interesting fights. Okay. I yeah, You know, he's he's still too good to really just play him out against, like, non-ranked contenders. But, I mean, I don't know. Jeff Neal was, I think, 13 coming into this mm-hmm. one in the UFC ranking. So, I don't know, man. It's tough.
1: Yeah, so it's... if you say, I mean, Jeff Neal's like, well, I beat six on number six now. That's how it should be, he says. But right, does that mean Luque falls to thirteen? No, I don't no, no. think it's so, not. So. That's not typically yeah. how it goes.
0: But no, it's it is unfortunate. I I just yeah, I I I wanna to. I just want to make sure I do a, you know shout out the the fact that I appreciate what Vicente Luque has done in his career. I hmm. think he has had a really excellent career and a fun it, one yeah, for sure, a real fun one. Um, I didn't come into this event. Talking about The Ultimate Fighter, I didn't come in watching the show like you did. Obviously, you've talked about this before that you watch it. You you were interested in these fights to a degree, right? Yeah. What do you think of the winners now who we got, Muhammad Usman and Juliana Miller? Juliana
1: Miller, I thought, was all heart and grit on the show. And tonight she showed that she can be a real force. Okay. She was... Like I'm excited to see where she goes.
0: I don't know what type of fighter Brogan Walker was. She had a knee injury most of the show. Okay. And
1: she still was able to win.
0: Okay. I, I she was so, actually, I think, the only woman who was on the cast that when I saw the cast list, I had actually, I did recognize her name. Mm-hmm. So I knew she had at least had uh, you know, some semblance of, of accomplishment before coming onto the show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to see Juliana Miller do that to her, I mean, it means something to me, I guess, at least. But, yeah, she's clearly a prospect.
1: Yes, definitely, definitely a prospect. I, I think she she's got the personality that people are going to love if she starts you know, putting together some wins and, and getting some more uh,
0: more popularity and throwing out more DX crotch
1: tops and then then hugging after <laughs> <laughs> a, you it's run a, the gamut. Yeah, it's, a, it's I guess it's an emotional state there. Yeah, man. You've never been through <laughs> it, man
0: so neither, neither of us will ever know what it's like to have won a fist fight in front of a ton of people on television
1: yeah never on television yeah no maybe not
0: on television either I mean I've lost some <laughs> fights
1: yeah I don't know if I've ever been
0: anywhere there was actually a winner I've I've got two broken cheekbones that say I probably didn't do very well oh they, to be fair they weren't really fights they were really more like me standing up for myself against bigger guys and mm. realizing that there's weight classes for a reason <laughs>
1: Yes, that's why they should. I mean, yeah, did you guys weigh in at 36 hours before
0: the fight? No, we did not oh, do okay. that. Uh there was there was no scales in fact. I wasn't necessarily ready for these confrontations either. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But nonetheless, the other ultimate fighter winner, Muhammad Usman. I had I spoke to him last year when he was on a part of the PFL season. Um nice guy, I enjoyed speaking with him. I enjoyed telling a story a little bit. And then he just he went out in the the ultimate fighter and the ultimate fighter in PFL. And he really just didn't look great. I don't know what he looked like on the show, but even tonight, he didn't really look spectacular until he lands that perfect, perfect left. It reminded me of the finishing punch
1: for Griffin and Silva from the one angle. And then you see the different angle. "Ah, That's not really the same thing.
0: All right. Um I can't tell you are wrong. but I didn't see it.
1: But when I saw it live, I thought, oh, wow, it's similar to
0: Forrest Griffin and
1: Anderson. So but without
0: the funny fall, too.
1: Yeah, without, yeah.
0: But... <laughs> oh, my goodness, Forrest Griffin fell.
1: Um, I don't know about Usman yet. I think some of it, some of how I feel, stems back to remembering what he did in PFL. Also, I have expectations of hearing how Kamaru speaks of him, that he's just not really living up to that. In my eyes, I think. Mm-hmm. At heavyweight,
0: you think was you think setting the bar too high? I think
1: the way Kamaru speaks of him, uh, and I think he set it very high. I, I had bigger hopes, I guess. Okay. I didn't think he was all that great on his fights on the show, which I guess can happen. You don't have your, your actual coach and training partners around. So. It's a
0: very different format.
1: So when he had his team around him this time, I was like, oh, maybe he will do something first. It's weird with heavyweight because they're just so... Heavy. You don't have to be so technically sound at no.
0: heavyweight to win. No, you don't. Sometimes you just land that perfect left, and, and it just ends so the night. I don't know what to think yet of him. And and really. and so, was down a long time.
1: Yeah, he was. I I thought he was definitely gonna win Pauja, but like we, like we just mentioned, you know, technique doesn't really matter that much at heavyweight. It matters
0: less, absolutely. Okay. There's, there's a sliding scale, right? It's 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 power versus technique and and they kind of meet in the middle at the middle weights, but mm-hmm. then, you know, at, at one extreme, you know, flyweight or or heavyweight, they're they're kind of the max of technique or the the minimum technique mm-hmm. necessarily, you know. Um, think of it like a video game attribute points. You can only give so many out, right?
1: Yeah, and the thing with Pauga is he's he's stuck in between where he can't make 205. But he's too small for two sixty five. Eric Nixick really was saying weird. he should
0: be at two hundred five. I don't.
1: I he don't know much wa- about him though. So he wanted to get to two hundred five. He just couldn't get there. Is that right? Okay. So he's kind
0: of like just stuck in where he's hoping.
1: Maybe we sh- should add a two twenty five pound division. <laughs>
0: you what know, it feels I was like, I, I've, I've honestly felt like it would almost be better if if they could go to adding a one ninety five and getting rid of two hundred five, and then adding a two twenty five and getting rid of heavyweight. Okay. Because realistically, most heavyweights can still make two hundred and twenty-five pounds. There's yeah. a few we would lose, obviously the Brock Lesnar's of the world. <laughs> and no, Brocks. but like, but there's just <laughs> we don't really see those guys that much anymore. Like re- we see them, but they're not really in contention. The thing is, in the same way anymore. Yeah,
1: well, Francis wouldn't, wouldn't definitely, definitely not make two twenty-five. He wouldn't. Francis and Gano? What's he, what think. does he weigh in? I think he weighs in two
0: sixty. Are you sure about that? I'm. I mean, he is massive. Francis Ngannou. I'm looking this up now because I do want to know what he just weighed. Yeah, I guess it's about 260. But you know what? 35 pounds. It's it's a definitely a lot less for the heavyweights. It's not. I I don't advocate for this whatsoever because I hate weight cutting. But shoot, you could see it maybe happening. <laughs> I don't see it at doing.
1: all. I think 35 is a massive amount.
0: Brock Lesnar probably weighed like almost 300 pounds when he came to the cage, dude. I don't know. He well, Prox massive. Yeah. Like who, who knows? I don't know, but um, I mean, two thirty-five. Could we could we settle on thirty-five? I know that. Yeah. Well, here's obviously the, we're in fiction land here, so oh, I can yeah. do whatever the heck I want. You Still have to. I call think it thirty-five, heavyweight, 35 can still happen.
1: Yeah, I did mean, know. It's fine because if you don't call it heavyweight, you're gonna lose all the casuals who so well, just obviously. tune in because they hear the division. I know. Is I know. Fighting.
0: No, I don't disagree. Um. Yeah. But then, then there's also this, the the general thought that's like, well, why why do we even limit heavyweight? Why don't we just let everybody who's 205 plus kind of like in pride go, so that we can have Zulu Zinio and all these young men? Choi. I still like 205 though. Just add 225 in between 205 and 265. I mean, again, we're we're in yeah. we're in fantasy land. This whole conversation is kind of pointless, ain't it? Yeah, but I mean, but it's we, fun. We have, Hopefully, have, you're listening and enjoy yeah, it.
1: We don't have much to talk about, so we got extra things we can add.
0: You know what? No, we're done. We're done adding. We're, we're not, we we no, got to respect I, our listeners' I wanna, time, I, sir.
1: I want to add one more thing officiating-related uh, that we didn't add to.
0: Oh, do you want to do that now? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Go for it, sir. Uh, Pulling the judges. Polling the judges. Yes. Good call, sir. This, uh, this obviously happened in, in the first fight of the night. Myra Bueno Silva got an armbar on Stephanie Egger.
1: Yes. Egger
0: taps out in, I guess, a way that pretty much in a location that no cameras caught and that literally only Judge Ron McCarthy was in position to see, basically.
1: Yeah. And uh, supposedly Herb Dean as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Ron McCarthy, front row view right against the cage.
0: Easily the best view. Yep. It's it's probably two feet away from his face. Like, there's no possible way. Hey, this is why the judges are seated cage side, sirs and madams.
1: Mm hmm. That's another. Yeah, they should. Yeah, you send him in the back room.
0: They they wouldn't be able to help out. <laughs> yeah. no one would yeah, know what that happened. What we do here? here? No, Obviously, like there, you're reading a lot of things about, and we'll get to the the polling of the judges in a moment. But like you're you're reading a lot of things in this in the moments after this happens. Right? She gets the tap. She lets go. Bueno Silva lets go. Does the same thing that Amanda Lemos did a few weeks ago, which I I also said. What are you guys doing? You got to just keep going until the ref says no. And this is another reason why. But rather than have a situation where Edgar does what Michelle uh, Watterson did a few weeks ago, where she's, yeah, you know, I did it. She's kind of sitting there like, I'm going to bride this out. Yeah. But, like, the fact that she's not protesting is essentially an admission to me. So I'm just sitting here like, she must have tapped. Like, we'll, we'll get the answer in a moment. The
1: fact she just stops fighting.
0: She just stops fighting. Like, she's not arguing. She's just kind of standing there like, hmm. Like if she, if I know I lost if but... Bueno Silva lets go
1: and Edgar just turns into him and starts dropping punches, now we got a situation.
0: Because mm-hmm. so what do you do? So now they pull the judges, which is something that we. Well, he did replay first, right? Right.
1: Uh Obviously, no angle
0: we can see. I mean, she's right against
1: the cage and in a, such a dark spot. There's no camera angle.
0: You sort of saw like it, when you know what you're looking for. You almost see a little bit of Egger's arm moving. But that could be anything. Like that doesn't yeah, mean she's tapping. Is. But like we, when we know that she is tapping, you can look at that and be like, "That's her arm tapping," mm-hmm. you know. But that's not enough, right? So yeah, then then they go to polling the judges, which is a tool at their disposal, not one that is directly in the rule books, but uh, as as actually it was it was pointed out by Aaron Bronstetter. I got to give him the shout out for for finding. I think it was a video from Herb Dean. I didn't get to watch the clip, but Herb, I guess, explaining that and I I really should've watched the clip, but man, I just I couldn't <laughs> keep up with all these things, right? <laughs> go find the go find Aaron tweet about the clip, right? I saw another
1: <laughs> Herb Dean clip this this week.
0: But but what I, I believe the the point of it was to say is that it was more of a um what, what is the what is the term general practice or, or past practice uh, past, is that right? That's what they that's what that they said that word a lot. That doesn't sound right. Yes, but, past practice. All right, fine. That's I'll go with it, but it doesn't sound right what they what I remember. But anyway, nonetheless, it's it's kind of like one of those like unofficial things. But we were taught this very distinctly in our referee course taught by uh, Blake Grice. He explained polling the judges. Mm-hmm. As a tool that, hey, if you missed it, you can you can go to and they are other officials. Judges are officials, so it's 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 not like you're asking a fan in the crowd, like, yo, do you think he tapped? Like these are these are the guys who are supposed to be there to evaluate things too. So
1: yeah, and I saw a lot of, oh, we got no clear uh clear view of it, blah blah blah, and then it's like, well, the official cage side sitting right there said so, so I'm gonna take his word for it that sure. it, that she tapped.
0: Yeah, and I don't need to see the video. I think, and that's you know, this that is up to the sole arbiter in the in the cage, the referee, to mm-hmm. to then defer, right? He
1: told he told the one uh, he gets he goes he said absolutely one hundred percent he saw a tap. That's right. So I I tr- I would trust him if I was in the cage. So
0: sure, and and you know, it's 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 a practice that is taught to these officials. So if it's it's one thing, if it's not codified, I guess some people would probably look for it to be codified, but. And, and look, I don't disagree. I think all of these things really ought to just be in the rules. We shouldn't be asking questions like this. Like if it's if it's something that's taught, especially, put it in the rules.
1: Yeah, you th- yeah. I I guess I guess I get what you're saying, but still, the sports like still thirty years old. Yeah, that's it like so. But you know what? There's gonna be a lot of stuff that they never seen before in the past thirty years. That, but uh, but I'm also like, oh, oh, this is a rule.
0: So I mean, yeah. it's, or it's not a rule, like we said, but like it's something that they're taught to do. So it's not like it's surprising to them. Put it in the rules.
1: <laughs> right, I know, but maybe it's something that just doesn't jump off the top of their head. Like they should need to put it in the rule book this week or else maybe they'll forget about it. Man and in, in coming week. That's
0: up to the rules committee. That's Andy Foster should be putting that in when he when he comes up to uh, ABC next year. He ought to be like, Listen guys, we're we're gonna vote on this rule here. We're gonna put in polling the judges so that no one can be like, Well, why isn't it in the rule book? And then what now what, happens, it is. what
1: happens when it gets shot down? That'd be crazy.
0: I don't think it would. <laughs> I don't. Having been in that room, I feel like that's one that no one would really argue against because it's it's not related to fighter safety. Okay. Because the the only reason anybody made any arguments about the neoprene sleeve rule that it ended up passing, which had in t- the only thing it had to do with was color of neoprene sleeve that was allowed to be worn on ankles or knees Mm. and it became this conversation about like well why are we allowing them at all and it's like well that's not what we're talking about guys you already have it (laughs) it's already on the books So it's always going to be some really stupid conversation but nonetheless uh yeah so everybody got exposed to polling the judges we had known what it was probably if (laughs) if we hadn't gone to abc two weeks ago we would have been like what are they talking about polling the judges I don't, because I don't think I had heard that before. We went mm-hmm. to, um, we went to training. Yeah, I never.
1: I didn't, I didn't think of that. So
0: that was fascinating. That was, that was really cool to see. Um, but and everything, obviously, all worked out well. Bueno Silva got her win, and Stephanie Egger was found out to have definitely tapped out. Mm-hmm. Let's get to our contested rounds because we only have three. Just three. Just three. But I think at least two of them, I think, are actually kind of interesting. Yes. Let's start with the main event in the end. Actually, all of them were in the last three fights of the night, too. So it's like, sometimes you get come to these fights, it's like, oh, we're just talking about the prelims. It's like, uh, no offense to the fighters on the prelims, but typically speaking, they're just not as meaningful fights as the other ones. These were uh, are probably the three of the four most meaningful fights on the card, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Jamal Hill gets the win over Tiago Santos, round four, but round three is a toss-up, and... I'm not surprised in any way that we're talking about this fight or this particular round. So why don't you go over this round and we'll, we'll discuss.
1: Yeah. Round three was, was Santos where he just wanted to wrestle. That's it. Uh, pretty much the entire round he's, he's trying to get a takedown. He does get him down a few times, keeps him there. Jamal Hill's trying to get up. He can't get up on some of them. Uh, Santos has landed some ground and pound, not all that much of it. A lot of it's spent in a clinch against the cage Hill's throwing, you know, some, you know, body punches here and there. Uh, But I think uh, Santos is, is imposing his will a bit here in these grappling situations when he does get him down. There's a point where Hill lands like two or three knees and they might be good, but from my angle, they don't look to be that effective. They're not getting Santos off him. So from my perspective, I didn't think they were that effective. I'm on Santos 10-9. I can see where maybe you have a
0: different angle. These knees may be very good. Well, to be fair, I have the exact same angle as you because I'm watching on television, mm-hmm. and so are you. Yep. Having said that, <laughs> having said that, I a- and granted, close round. I understand the argument for the grappling, but I actually feel pretty good about scoring this one for Hill. And the reason being because I did score those strikes a little more heavily. It was there was a couple times where he's landing knees. Actually, it's not just even in one sequence. There was no couple clinch scenarios about where he's, three. Yeah, and then there's also kind of these these. Do you remember when he's clinched up against the cage and he's landing these punches kind of underneath? Those are
1: the punches I was... Yeah, I, I didn't really give those too much weight. I
0: gave them more weight than pitter-patter. I thought they were more than pitter-patter was the thing. Um, first off, these are heavier guys, number one, who know how to throw punches. And number two... He's getting a little bit on him, like you. You can tell he's getting just a little bit more on him than just kind of like, yeah, I'm staying busy and knocking you on the head, right? Yeah. Also, it just can't. Didn't feel he that also way.
1: can't see where they're landing. No, that's, so. that,
0: that is true. I'll grant you that. But what I can see is Tiago Santos landing almost nothing and not really getting to all that dominant of positions or threatening with submissions. It's not like he's doing a whole lot with his grappling. He was making Hill not want to be there. I guess, so but, he's throw- but
1: he took him down a bunch of times. Hill's not getting up right away. He's getting up a, a little bit later. I think he and he landed one super solid knee that buckled the knee of uh, of Hill.
0: I thought that was really good. OK, no, uh, I, I thought that ultimately and I don't want to ignore grappling, but it's just it really just didn't seem like there's enough happening from the grappling in terms of you know effective actions off of it. Right to say okay he definitely won that round and 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 i understand you you're, you can see the other argument right um but i i felt better about the the strikes landed here being I, I would love to have seen just a little bit more out of tiago santos and it would have been much easier to give the round to him but he just didn't quite he didn't quite put together effective offense trying to get to the end of the fight that's how i saw it
1: mm, yeah disagree yeah. Uh,
0: fair enough agree to disagree i have it for hill Uh, Only Junichiro Kamijo saw it the same way as me. You had it the same as Derek Cleary and Sal D'Amato. Agree to disagree. All right. That's it. Round two. No, not round two. Fight number two. Jeff Neal obviously got the win over Vicente Luque in round three. Round one. Actually, all these rounds are round one. We're only talking about... Oh, that's not true. Round three was the other one. Round one in this fight. This was a big round. Yes. Uh, To the point where we're starting to talk about 10-8s. What happens?
1: Yeah, both guys come out very aggressive as pretty much expected uh both were landing and then neil lands a heavy left hand that hurts luke shocking he didn't go down he tries to swarm on him he's landing some big shots and then luke backs him off with a shot and it's like oh why why is neil backing off so much and for a while luke's the one stalking even though he was the one who got hurt uh pretty badly and then eventually Neil finds finally... out. No, it's just like the way he is, right? It's, it's, it's like, <laughs> I'm just going to keep going forward.
0: That's all he knows.
1: Um, but eventually Neil hurts Luke again. And then he hurts him again. And then he hurts him for a fourth time. I think this round he has solid damage. I think he has domination. I think he has duration. I think he has all three Ds for a
0: 10-8. Well, not only that, I mean, the the conversation that we had with officials uh, since the, the Amanda Nunes fight with uh, with Juliana mm-hmm. Pena, I think that really informs my idea of why this should be a 10-8 here is because, number one, there is distinct damage here. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you can't argue that there's no damage, right? Um, and, and I do believe there is a clear outclassing on the feet of vicente Luque here as much as Luque is still wanting to fight he is not having his way uh it's just not going there and so i think number one you definitely got damage and now all you really need is to get that other d that you can say okay i think i feel good about this being an eight um to you know doesn't mean it's it's a must obviously it's a it's a can consider it's not a should, it's a can consider, but yeah, you get you get that second D with dominance, I believe, in in terms of outclassing on the feet, so damage and dominance. I'm riding that straight to the 10-8. I feel really good about that one.
1: Yeah, I, I like a 10-8 here.
0: Ron McCarthy did.
1: Oh, I like Ron.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's, he, he had a good <laughs> Ron's night. Ron's a good guy. He had a good <laughs> night in, in Vegas, right? He was pulling the yeah. judges, he was saving the day there. He turns out an eight like we like. and Stunningly, at least to me, Mike Bell, only gave a nine because he is statistically the most likely judge to give a 10-8 when no one else he's, uh, who he's seated with and the three judges does. So that our, was surprising.
1: In our 200 episodes, Mike Bell has been our 10-8 hero.
0: He is. He is. So. Absolutely. Eric Eric Colon is actually pretty close there, too. Okay. Yeah, he's he's up there. Um, but no no one touches Mike Bell. So that's why it's very surprising. Um, but it was him and Doug Crosby who's had this one as just a nine for Neil didn't matter. He took a, uh, he took it out of his, out of everybody's hands. And actually he won round two also, which I thought was really close. And I ended up scoring that one for Luke.
1: I actually scored it for Luke. A, too. A lot of
0: people had it kind of yeah. one way or the. It was it was one of those rounds. I think people understood yeah. as a close round. Obviously, all the judges. Yeah. Uh, and there's no reason all three judges couldn't have said, "Oh man, close round," and they just all three up on the knee. Yeah. That happens, you yeah. know, just because all three are there, it doesn't mean oh, it's a clear round. It's you know, some people forget that. Yeah. But uh, you know, not not as criterioners. They
1: love to throw it in your face too, don't they?
0: They love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. What does that mean for, uh, for Ron McCarthy? Oh, yeah. couchside overrides.
1: <laughs> Thank God we had one we got for one. episode 200. That's right. Had to, <laughs> had
0: to. Ron will get his prize. It's, coming, it's going cross country.
1: Yeah. We're well, going so to send it to John first.
0: I hope it doesn't get lost. What? <laughs> we'll send it to John to give to him for Christmas. That that doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
1: but I like that, though. That's weird. It's a better, better gift.
0: John McCarthy gets no couchside overrides. He doesn't officiate anymore, sir.
1: No, we're not giving it to him. We're giving it to him to give to Ron.
0: I like that better. Why Why are we putting in escrow? I like that better. Nah, disagree. I like it better. Well, I handle this. You you handle putting the link in, and I'll do this. Okay. <laughs> right.
1: e- easy enough.
0: <laughs> Last round is uh, Muhammad Usman. Again, he got the win in round two, knockout uh, over Zach Poundga, right? Poundga. No, no end. But they kept saying on the broadcast.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think he's wrong on that.
0: Well, you know what? Pauga. I believe you. We need John Annick on the case. He yeah. he is he is the uh the pronunciation. I feel
1: John's had a lighter schedule this
0: year. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> she should be happy. Get more time with the family. Um and, and to do his podcast, of course. Um round one is what we're talking about here because there is a split round. This not not the I wouldn't call it like a terrible round or anything like that, but it just wasn't like a super fun round, right? I mean, the first two
1: seconds I thought it was gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, Palga comes out with a nice front kick. I thought it landed pretty decently. Yeah. Uh, Palga landed some good jabs and leg kicks. Usman's winging these wild punches, missing a whole missing bunch a lot, of them. Yeah. Uh, but then he does land that one big left that wobbles Palga a bit, I thought. Mm. I thought he definitely wobbled him a little bit.
0: He probably landed the best strike of the round there. Yeah,
1: and, and then he, he landed another decent one shortly after that. You know, then for a while, they just stare at each other.
0: It's like okay, yeah, it's, and then there's like these way. they throw in these 50s, like kind of feeling out punches and things like that. I had I had it in my head as I'm watching. It. I'm like, man, it would be great if some somebody who likes to like clip down fights and like post link links, and they just showed like them staring at each other, and then throwing out these like wildly missing <laughs> strikes, and be like, yep, that's MMA, <laughs> folks. <laughs>
1: yeah, that. Towards the end of the round, Palga starts getting a little bit busier. Uh, he lands a couple jabs, solid body kick, and uh, Muhammad Usman lands a, another nice left in, in the midst of an exchange. At the bell, Palga lands a solid right. I think Mo probably landed the heavier strikes. I just don't think he landed enough of them to outweigh all the offense that Palga had. I can see both sides, no issue either way, but I'm on 10-9 Palga.
0: Yeah, and, and one thing that kind of stuck out to me was was the fact that they put up that uh, the statistic on the screen late in the round, it was the number of strikes landed. It was what was it like twenty six or twenty seven to to like seven or something like that in favor of of yeah. That felt off too, but that felt really so, off. That's that's exactly why I'm pointing it out because yeah. it felt it felt very strange when I saw that number. I'm looking now at, at UFC stats and they are saying thirty one to nine Pauga over Uh Usman. I don't, I don't know what they're counting. It didn't feel that way because like a lot of what I think Pauga's laughing is landing is not like majorly damaging.
1: No, I thought he had some good. I thought his body kicks were good. Some of, no, no, absolutely. Uh,
0: but there was a lot of them that probably they're counting. Yeah, that I don't think register very high mm. is is kind of what it is. So like that that number seems kind of a little misleading, even at heavyweight. Right. Um, nonetheless, I did score it for Pauga, Um but. Yeah, it felt like it felt like a closer round than the numbers would tell you yeah I, um,
1: I i think it's one of those uh one of those rounds
0: yeah who knows one of those rounds one of those rounds rounds we just described just knows those rounds we just described, just those rounds. I mean, we just described those when i say rounds. one of those rounds you know what i mean yeah you know y'all know <laughs> but that is uh that is it for the contested rounds so we only had 10 rounds period so they were only split on three of them uh two of them were the winner one with the eight and nine right that's that's pretty much in line with statistics. You you find seven seven out of ten, three out of four, somewhere in between. There is typically how often the judges are in full alignment on a round. So yeah, seven out of ten makes makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, law of averages. Finishes. How many finishes do we have? Do we have one, two, or ten? Oh, there was ten. That's right, ten for ten. Uh, wild that we had that right. I, that's it, nuts. just fantastic. Um, no matter how you slice it, that's that's yeah, not ten bonuses. Not ten bonuses, unfortunately. There were three uh that got the you know the performance of the night, and then there was the fight of the night in the main event. Um that is unfortunate. You would have liked to have seen maybe this would be the one where literally everybody gets a gets a bonus if they won, right? Yep. But oh well, didn't go that way. (laughs) Um hey, UFC's got bills to pay, right? They they... (laughs) sure yeah, I'm sure they're paupers. Um we've seen the books. What was your favorite finish? There were seven knockouts or TKOs, three subs, four of these ended in the first round. What was your yeah.
1: favorite? Corey McKenna with the Von Flu. She has a new version of it. We have the uh, the Von Prue, the Von Flu, and now the McFlu. No,
0: so no. I disapprove.
1: It's the, Well, I know because you hate McDonald's.
0: That's also true. But, but it's the McFlu. No, no, not a fan. You're, well, you're crazy if you're not a fan of that. That's amazing. I, I he, like the choke, but I hate the name.
1: Well, you're insane, to be honest. I am uh, not
0: insane, sir. This is,
1: oh, well, okay. You didn't want to anger me today, but now you're kind of angering oh, me. Oh, man. Mid, the Mick flu is th- probably the best rendition of this choke to begin with. Second, the way she applied
0: it was fantastic. I don't disagree. We're talking about names I'm not a big fan of, but, but I don't no. want to focus on the yeah, name. I want to focus on like the McDonald's. choke. that's don't like why I don't like the name. We went through this.
1: Yeah, well, that's the reason.
0: <laughs> you know, my wife is a Mick.
1: Go ahead and tell me your stupid favorite finish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, my stupid favorite finish is that stupid kick that Brian Battle landed early in the in the fight against Takashi Sato, knocks his head off. It uh, was it forty four seconds in? That was an awesome kick. Who doesn't love a head kick finish, right? It was like pinball. It kind of was. He hit his head into the kick. Boom! With his fist. <laughs> that was, that was really bad. Um, I also want to shout out because this wasn't even on UFC, but so I was at PFL. In New York City on Friday and most of the fights did not deliver but one in particular most definitely was a super fun 97 seconds and that was Rob Wilkinson's uh victory to get to the the light heavyweight final over Delamonte and I don't know if you got to watch that Dan but it is entirely worth your two minutes but
1: is it worth the 10 minutes to find it
0: yeah that's a good question Go find a clip on. Uh, they, they probably posted like at least some highlights okay. on Twitter. Go find that. Okay, it's a lot of fun though. Okay. I, I highly recommend that one. Um, but that is it for finishes. That's it for the past, and we're 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 done looking back on the weekend. Right, we got a busy one next weekend though. We got Bellator. We got PFL. We got UFC. Let's start with PFL actually because that is the Friday. There's two fights on Friday. them man Bellator, but they are in Wales, so it's actually a daytime show, if I understand correctly.
1: How daytime?
0: Well, when they go to England, when do they put it on? I don't know. When they were in London, they, they were really? done, but they were done by midday. Like five o'clock was the end. Okay, It'd probably be done earlier than that. All right. So midday. Okay. Watch it at work. Yeah. No, I don't watch it at work. <laughs> but anyway, that PFL, they have their welterweight semifinals, they have their heavyweight semifinals. I think the marquee name here is of course Rory McDonald at welterweight. He's going against Magomed Umalatov. Sabruci Sabruci. I'm going to I'm always going to say his name wrong. I keep transposing the Bs and Ds. Uh going against uh, Carlos Leal. He was the one who came in and beat uh Ray Cooper Jr. or Ray Cooper the Third, excuse me if, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um and he was he was like technically an alternate, even coming into the the second one, he wouldn't necessarily have made it, but somehow he still was able to to qualify, and here he is now. So he's an interesting case. Okay, you don't give a darn really, about this. I
1: just don't. I have no. You interest. like PFL. I, mean, I, like, I like Rory. You like PFL. Yeah, you know what? I stopped. I mean, I really thought they'd come around on elbows. By now. <laughs> well, no, they, got, so, they definitely
0: won't. Uh, which is stupid, but yeah. especially when they should put it in the final. Once you get to the final, it should be a different ballgame, but it's not. and It's stupid. That that I completely am with you But, um, I think it can be gamed.
1: What do you mean you think it can be gamed? The, the point system. In terms of what? Just making sure you get to the next fight. Make, you know, make sure you have two fights.
0: But don't worry about yeah. that anymore because now we're in the finals or the semifinals. I guess.
1: Now it's just about winning. Yeah, but the semifinals, you don't want to be injured for the finals. What mixed martial arts do you like other than UFC? I like some Bellator fights. <laughs> I mean, but, but I,
0: thought, I thought we agreed. Regular, regular listeners of our show for these last 200 episodes, you know that Dan does not like bellator
1: I don't like it as a whole because they don't make me care about it. But, but you like but some fights. Some fights, okay. uh, some fights that interest me. All yeah, right, I love the right. Grand Prix. Okay. They don't ban elbows.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then their Grand Prix take forever.
1: <laughs> I thought we agreed that PFL were now exhibitions. <laughs> because there's no <laughs> who, elbows. Who was
0: saying that? Was that you or was that somewhere else? I think
1: that was I thought that was Matt Wells. I'm not positive.
0: I don't remember. If it was Matt, credit to Matt. For some reason, that almost sticks out in my head as something that would have been like Caposa.
1: No, it was on the show. Right. Then, then like it was on the show? Okay. All right. Then then it
0: was almost know. definitely Matt. Um, so, shout out to Matt. Um, <laughs> if that was the case. But, yeah, it shows what I remember. But, no, I mean, honestly... I think it's interesting. Obviously, the the fights over the weekend, or at least on Friday, I didn't think were particularly great. I didn't think they were awful, but I guess probably the one between uh, Omari Akhmedov and uh, oh goodness, it's now he's even escaping me. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Everything from Friday has washed out of my brain. It's two o'clock in the morning, almost three in the morning. Um, but the heavyweights too. Yeah, I look, I get it of the PFL. Playoff events, this is definitely the one that is, I think, the least attractive because the heavyweights are not particularly interesting here. They don't even have Bruno Capolosa because he got injured. Now he's out of the playoffs. He was the champion last year. Um, yeah, we're left with Ante D'Elia going against uh, Henan Fajera and Dennis Goldsov against uh, Mateus uh, Scheffel. I do like Goldsov to come out of this whole thing, so I'm interested to see what comes out of that. But it is heavyweight MMA, so. All
1: right. <laughs> I don't recognize a single name here.
0: So well, Dalia was part of uh last season. Henan Fajera was the one that had that fight, the weird fight that it was like it was ruled a submission or a, a TKO win over, um, Fabrice Overdo. Oh, Doom. he fake tapped. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was all that crap. Oh yeah. So you remember him? Yeah. <laughs> this is, of course, in Wales, which is on the British Isle. I expect that we would probably see some top judges from over there. I don't know. But because I, I have no idea how much PFL even cares about doing that, but I would hope that we get the likes of you know cartilage and and David Leatherby. Well, they would
1: and, they would be under IMMAF, right? Is, I don't know. I'm not sure how.
0: They, well, well, I mean they they sort of they don't really have a commission in England, but they do have the the EMMA. I believe it's that. That's, okay. I was I was getting mixed up with the acronym is for. it. But yeah, there's the English uh, collective, I guess that's that's kind of getting things done now. Um, they're the ones who do the um the the meetings every month the, the officials meetings mm, okay. that, we, that I keep getting invited to and I wish I could sit in on I can't cuz I can never do it at the right time and I feel terrible um it's going to happen I'm going to make time <laughs> make time one day but yeah I expect to hopefully we'll have some real quality judging there just like I think we did in New York I think we had a really good team in New York that you know at least you trust that they're going to make sure that the uh, the person who has their hand raised is going to be the right person Who was there I didn't even who was who was, who was uh, judging, in in New York. Yeah. Let's see. Chris Lee was there, Cologne, Marcel Varella, Dave Torelli, um Solid Group. Doug Crosby was there and then he flew out to Vegas. Okay. He did he mm-hmm. did the overnight Solid Group there. Yeah, yeah, no. I I thought everything went pretty fine. I mean, there was a split decision that people moaned about, but I didn't have a strong feeling about. And also, I couldn't score because I was so far from the cage and looking at scaffolding and uh, Crane cameras it? and stuff like that. Look, I, I, I'm not gonna be a snob about like where I, you know, media needs to be something there. Like, it, it's best if we do. It's kind of practice, but like, I, I get it. Like, you're, they see themselves as a television product, so they don't really care that much about that, right? That's kind of how I interpret it, anyway. I do feel very bad for the photographers who apply for media credentials and then they show up and they're not granted the access that they think they were going to get to get action shots and they barely can get anything. It's like, it's almost like a waste of time for those people. So that's who I feel for. They
1: have a smart cage for that.
0: (laughs) It doesn't work that way. I was (laughs) joking about that with a photographer actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But but yeah, that's it for PFL. And then in the evening, Bellator 284 uh, is in South Dakota. The headliner is Neiman Gracie against uh, Goiti Ameochi.
1: I like Neiman Gracie.
0: I know you do. You had that on so, the initial outline. You like him. 170 pounds. I, I, I'm i interested in Yamauchi is, is also interesting to watch. I think this is has potential to be a pretty solid fight. All right. And we don't really get a whole lot of Bellator main events that aren't just 50-45s these days. I think this one actually won't be. This is going to be a five-rounder. They're all five. Yeah, they do five-round main events now. They they just It's
1: recent, though. This year, they started okay. doing that, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, I don't think this will just be the one of those one-sided affairs like they've Unfortunately, had the terrible luck of having this year is just like, oh, it's like save a fee for a couple. They've just had some real terrible luck with entertaining main events. I think this one will actually pull through, but the rest of the card, dude, no disrespect. There's just not one other fight on this card that I'm actually interested in watching like that much. I, 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 I really not. I, I hate to say it. That's fine. I don't even know what the other fights are. I know you don't. I know you don't care. I
1: know the thing is, though, if I got nothing going on Friday night. I might turn it on. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I mean, I think people should be, we should, Bo Nickel is fighting on Contender Series. That's kind of major.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. So. On Tuesday, That might
1: be one that people should probably watch. If you're going to watch any Contender Series, watch Bo Nickel because he's going to be a name. That's true.
0: And I do, I don't watch Contender Series as a rule, but like, I also will tune in for certain fights. So I'll probably turn it on for that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's one one to watch for a guy who probably gonna be something. So,
0: All right. well, we'll see about that. I'm a, I'm I'm never one to buy into the hype too early. Okay, that's fair. UFC though obviously closes out the weekend because we're still we're still not at the end of this run of UFCs. We're we're getting close. After two seventy eight, uh, the following weekend we actually get like a break. Yeah, blessedly a little bit from of a UFC. Break. Yeah, um, and that'll be that is just so terribly welcome. But anyway, they are in San Diego. Or is it San Diego? Which, of course, is German for, well, you know. Um, I like Anchorman. Anchorman's great. It's a good movie.
1: I like two as well. I think it's very underrated.
0: I actually like that one, too. Um, But I think I'm also going to really like this main event between Marlon uh, Cheeto Vera and Dominic Cruz. Yeah. That's a good main event. That's a solid, solid tune into that one main event.
1: That's one, yeah. That's one where you think, you know, cheeto has got great leg kicks. Is he going to? See that tape from Henry Cejudo really shutting down Cruz's movement with these low kicks and use them. And I'm more wondering how Cruz is going to combat that because he's probably thinking that.
0: Yeah, chino's an interesting. I think he's an interesting matchup for Cruz here. I think it's actually going to be a a real tough challenge for him at this stage in his career. But you know, I'm not writing him off. But it's it's definitely a tough fight. So I'm, I'm very very curious to see where this goes. If Cruz wins, I mean, shoot, you can do a lot of things with dominic Cruz. You can put him back into the mix there. You know, but if he loses and I'm not rooting for this to, to happen in this sequence of events, but, look, I wouldn't be terribly mad if they somehow found a way to put Dominic Cruz against uh, Frankie Edgar in the finale fight at Madison Square Garden for Frankie. That would Frankie. Be, that'd be pretty cool. Because, oh my God, <laughs> like, seriously, to have the lightweight champion from, what, 11 years ago going against the bantamweight champion from 11 years ago? hmm I just think that's fascinating. Like, how do, how do we not let that happen? Like, how how can we go... Without that happening. So I I want that to happen. I wish it could happen regardless <laughs> of what happens with Dominic Cruz. But I don't think he's going to want to take that fight if he loses or if he wins. But if he loses, maybe they'll make it worth his while and he do it. I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for. But we'll see. Um, this is in California, of course. San Diego uh, is a city in California. Yes, that is. I expect that we'll have <laughs> some really quality judges there. Um, and I expect we'll probably get there will probably be some pretty decent judges out in uh, South Dakota as well. Yeah. I, I think Bellator tends to find ways to bring in quality judges from around the country to go mm-hmm. to their shows, even when they're in kind of remote locations like South Dakota, for example. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm confident in the judging on the whole, wherever they are this, con- you know, this weekend. Hopefully I'm right. Um, are you looking forward to other fights on, the, on this uh, UFC? Yeah,
1: I think David Onama. And Nate Landward's going
0: to be... Well, Nate Landward's a maniac, yeah. That's going to be awesome. That is going to be a lot of fun. I like that one. What about you? I listed this because...
1: I got to hear the reason. (laughs) I got to hear
0: it. (laughs) Angela Hill against Lupita Godinez. And the reason I put this is because these two women are the most likely to step up and take short notice fights all the time. And they're actually fighting each other. And not only that... I was pretty sure I saw this fight announced as, or at least it was reported that it was going to take place in October, and now it's in August. So it's almost like their fight is short notice. All
1: right,
0: I got nothing. I, I mean, I, you like Lupita Godinez? I like
1: them both as people. I mean, I don't. But you, though, she, do takes, like she takes
0: all these short notice fights, yeah. man. The she earned is, your respect.
1: I thought I when I when I saw this, I thought you were just putting on there just because you saw Angel Hill. No, and I'm glad that's not the case because she's, she's B J Penn without the B J Penn <laughs> accolades. It's like if b j Penn was never b j Penn and then he just losing all these fights at the end of the career, that's what I' that's what I get here.
0: You talking about Angela Hill, yeah, and I just don't I just well, don't Angela just... Hill's just always in these split decisions because, and I know, and yeah. we got to talk about
1: him, I know, and yeah. I
0: expect we'll talk about this fight too,
1: most likely, <laughs> yeah
0: i'm actually i'm honestly, I'm more interested though in in ode Osborne. Against Tyson Nam. I like both of these guys at 125 pounds. And the fact that they're going against each other, I think it's going to be some real interesting uh, fireworks. That happens should be here. good. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really, really good lightweight, or excuse me, flyweight fight. Oh, so yeah. that one I like too. Delivers. I don't know that it's going to be like on paper, it's not the most attractive card. I think on the whole, like there's interesting fights here and there, of course, but I think it has kind of a similar vibe to the the one we just saw, which was like, yeah, maybe it doesn't look super great on paper, but. Ultimately, it probably is going to deliver.
1: Listen, whoever's listening, if you're fighting at uh, UFC San Diego, San try Diego. try to beat what they did. All first round finishes. So, yeah, that would be tough. Joe yeah. Mearshart's on the card, too.
0: So I believe the last time that they were in San Diego, by the way, the UFC, was, uh, was 12 years ago when I was there. Oh, wow.
1: That's a long time. The
0: anniversary of which just passed. And that was John Doan's just blasting... The janitor, Vladimir Matyushenko, with those devastating elbows, which I still <laughs> picture them in my head.
1: Those were filthy.
0: They were disgusting. They were wonderful, it, all at the same time. That was an awesome card, by the way. Like when you look at the names on there, John Jones was in the headliner, right? Young John Jones, still not championed yet. On the prelims, Charles Oliveira made his debut, won by Triangle, or it was either Triangle or Guillotine. I always, I always mix up in my head which one it actually was. What was it? What was the fight? Oh, uh, Charles Oliveira against Darren Elkins. Okay. The damage. I want to say that was triangle choke. Okay. No, it was very top. it was very quick. He got the bonus that day. That was his first of of what would end up being a record number of submissions on his way to becoming the uh, the lightweight champion someday. And and goodness, I mean he's he's carving quite a path now.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. and re- and real quick, speaking of champions, yeah, the lightweight champion of CFFC is making his EOC debut in San Diego. Damone Blackshear.
0: So. Oh okay, yeah, you do love CFFC. So that is probably your number two favorite promotion, correct?
1: Honestly, yeah, it has to be. Yeah, especially yeah, just because it's been it's. You've I, been you know, to their
0: shows. That helps.
1: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into it. I don't know if Bellator still has their fighters selling tickets on the
0: undercard. I doubt they do that anymore because now they don't really use local so, fighters much anymore. All right, so
1: that's a good thing.
0: i I'm, I mean, I don't know that. But I haven't heard about that, and every the the prelim quality has improved significantly. It seems like people that fight on their prelims are now on the roster, as opposed to like I said, they can, they'll kind of take fighters from like local promotions and they'll just play, put them on there. Mm. Yeah, I don't think they really do that anymore. Okay, hopefully not. I hope that's the case. But sir, this is this was the end of our 200th episode. End of 200. Should we do 200 more? Uh, yeah, why yeah. Let's no? do 200 more tomorrow. Let's
1: record them all in sequence. Yeah, that's a long time. Just
0: predict what's going to happen.
1: I'm pretty tired. We'd probably start now. No. Or else it's not going to happen.
0: Nah, let's cut it off. uh, I think we're done.
1: And that does it for this 200th episode of the Couchside Judges. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back again next week to break down everything from anything interesting from this
0: weekend, I suppose. Yeah, thank you guys again your your listenership is so appreciated We really appreciate you and and, and spread the word help us thank you very much and uh, enjoy the week have a good night everyone